Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. So Joe, today's episode proves that we're just doing this podcast so we can sit around and drink together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> usually. Well, uh, today we have something unusual, and I say that it's unusual because we are from America, or the United States of America, more specifically, mm-hmm. and we don't drink this a lot. No, I mean, it's not in our natural wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but we have been on occasion to restaurants and places that serve this. Right. So you've had it in your life. I, I like, want, I'm telling you, Joe, I've been to like a sushi bar and drank sake one time. So that's what we're talking about today? Sake. Sake. First off, how is it pronounced? Is it pronounced sake? 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 Sake. How is it pronounced? (laughs) Well, according to sakisocial.com, it would be pronounced sake. That's what I've always called it. Sake. Right. And they actually break it down to S as in sai, A as in father, fa'a, K as in kind, and the E is pronounced as a short E. So sake. Right. So when you say sake, like it's an old gym sake, <laughs> that is not necessarily correct. It's not, but it's not technically correct. But even in the different prefectures in Japan, there are different tonal differences, dialect differences, just like here in America. People right. say different mm-hmm. things in New York than we do down here. Like onions. Yeah, or Houston Street. Oh, that <laughs> weirds me out every time. It's spelled Houston, people. It's definitely, it's, yeah. Houston, we have a problem. Or in... It's not Houston. In Austin, Texas, they pronounce one street Guadalupe Street. Uh, instead of Guadalupe? Right. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it just depends on where you are, I guess. Right, and when you're in Rosedale... <laughs> Rosedale. And you're from Baltimore, you pronounce it Rosedale. Right, horn. Sake. Sake it to me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so can I just say, in preparation to listen to this, I listened to, like, I'm not even going to say what podcast it was, but it was, like, two wine guys. They were wine guys. And it wasn't two guys whining? Th- kind of it was. But okay. I, so I listened to a few different podcasts about sake because mm-hmm. I I really don't know that much about it until right. researching it because I've only had it one time and mm. once or twice, maybe a few times in my life. But right. uh, I really just don't know that much about it. So I listen to all these podcasts and this one, these two wine guys, mm-hmm. I don't think they were necessarily sommeliers or anything, right. but they're discussing it. And then they started doing like Asian accents to each other. Okay. And I was like, boy, that seems a bit racist. Yeah. I mean, it's different if like... I don't know if you were actually hired to play a character, a voice actor, you know what I mean? And right. do something like that. But it, yeah, it seems in just general, like chit chat. Yeah. You Is know? It, but, but here's my question. When we do stuff like the Germans and we mention that, is that, is that, is that a little, 
maybe is it but is it because we uh, but we're also doing well i guess a character is still it still can be a, a little bit yeah so should we curtail that or i don't know i like doing voices yeah okay. it's part of the things that i like doing in my life well I, but i I'll, honestly i mean no disrespect to any culture person people at all i just like making my voice do weird stuff right <laughs> you know okay what I mean? all right well i tell you what let's um let's couch that for the moment okay and let's move on to sake sure all right so what is sake oh are you asking me yeah oh well joe it is an alcoholic beverage that's right traditionally coming from japan but uh-huh. also known to china korea I believe there's some Vietnamese types Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Most Asian cultures. Right, right. So you're not too far off the mark. It is technically not a beer nor a wine. I I, I like that. And one of the things that I wanted to mention was when we had discussed our mead on our Mm -hmm. mead episode, it is not a beer. Right. Mead. It is technically, I guess, a wine. Yeah. Right. Sure. But a lot of people don't know the difference. Right. And I think sake suffers from the same thing. People don't necessarily know exactly what it is. Right. Well, it has it it's weird because it shares similarities with beer making, but, but it it shares tasting notes with wine. Right. Right. So But it's neither. It really, really isn't. It is completely its own thing, very much like say Applejack, right? It, completely its own thing. Traditional Applejack, yes. Yeah. It dates back to at least 2,000 years, and back then it was called, of course, the drink of the gods, like anything that got you drunk back then. (laughs) (laughs) Sake was first brewed in Japan around 300 BC, but its origins can trace back to China around 4,000 BC. That's That's a long damn time. Right. And originally it was mostly made for private consumption, like one household would make a batch for that household. Mm-hmm. So basically like home brewing. Right, right. And, and well, you have to think, this is I mean, 300 BC. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of large-scale manufacturing of most anything, really. Right. Now, I think it's kind of fascinating. One of the oldest manuscripts that we have that they talk about sake, uh, it was completed in the year 712, and it's called... The Kojiki? K-O-J-I-K-I. Okay. Would you pronounce that Kojiki? Uh, I wouldn't, but you can. Oh, well, I just did. So (laughs) uh, that's divided into three books, and it's called The Stories of the Gods. It's all recorded in the first book. It's historical record, but also like myths and mythology of Japanese culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And they talk about sake and the gods sitting around for 180 days drinking sake nonstop (laughs) until they finally went... Uh, their own ways. Right, right. You know, so I just think it's, I, I, I don't know. I've always loved mythology. Yeah, me too. So the Kojiki, one of the first times we've, one of the oldest manuscripts with, with mentioning sake. Today and back in the oldie times, sake played a very important role in most of the, the families and cultures, including things like Shinto religious rites, wedding events, where it was called Sansan Kodo. That's when the, the bride and the groom would get together and, and have a drink. Right. Uh, very similar to, say, uh, breaking the glass right. in the Jewish religion. Right. Or uh, the toast. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Who gives toast? Not, not 
not like not literal toast. Not like but Jesus like, on oh, toast, mean, toast. I mean, mean like, like a toast. Yes, a okay. toast. Like okay. toasting each other. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It was also served at meetings and for business pleasure. Anytime people got together, it was generally there. It's it's it, it's it's like a daily drink, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also used on special occasions, right? You know, like you were talking about, like uh, weddings. Uh, a lot of the time, as well, it w- like you had s- said in, about uh, the Shinto religion. Sometimes it was also given out during uh, religious festivals, mm-hmm. very much like if you imagine the 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 wine being the blood of Christ, right? And, exactly. In and, and like. Uh, Catholicism, right? Very similar to mm-hmm. that. So this was given out as like the ichor of the gods kind of thing, <laughs> right. you know. And you would imbibe. By 1300, sake was in mass production around Japan. Early variations of sake were cloudy until around the 17th century, where breweries worked out that using ashes in the brewing process would actually settle the particulates down to the bottom, leaving a clearer product. Legend has it that an employee was disgruntled and wanted to destroy an entire batch of sake at one time. Uh, and he thought that throwing a bunch of ash in the, the, the sake barrels would destroy it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's not going to be good anymore and I, I win the day because I've, I've ruined everything. Turned out that he actually made a more refined, clearer batch and thus... They started using ashes from then then forward. Serendipity, Joe. Mm-hmm. This guy created carbon filtering in the 1300s. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and today, we owe him for the Brita filter. <laughs> yes. By the 19th century, the Japanese Industrial Revolution had begun, which ushered in automation in the sake processing. During World War II, there was a large-scale rice shortage and the sake recipes kind of had to be altered or changed to sort of meet the, the demand at the time and also figure out what can we substitute because we don't have as much rice anymore. Yeah. What, what would you substitute? I mean, <laughs> r- like, rice is a, a mainstay of... Yeah, there's like basically four ingredients to sake. Well, traditional sake. There's like four ingredients, and that's it. Mm-hmm. During World War II, they added glucose... And pure alcohol to increase production yields. Okay. To yeah. kind of... So sugar and alcohol. Right. Which rice, that's what it produces. Mm-hmm. So I, I can I can see that. It's kind of like how to keep our profits up here in the U.S. for mm-hmm. like sodas and things, we kind of add, uh, what is it, high fructose corn syrup? Exactly. In everything now? Everything. Instead of real sugar? It's in soap. That's why Mexican uh, Coke is so good. You ever had a Mexican Coke? Yeah. With the, yeah, the big, long, long tall bottles or whatever. Yeah, it's made of real real cane sugar. Yeah, it's made with real sugar. It's so good. Oh, so good. And I don't, I'm like a diet drinking guy, but if Mm -hmm. a place has Mexican Coke, I'm all in that. (laughs) So today you can still find both traditional water, koji, yeast, and rice recipes of sake, which we'll get into those in a minute. Mm -hmm. And then the more industrialized revolution, World War II additive styles. Not that they're bad. Lots of beers and things that we have nowadays have added sugars, added alcohols, and things of that nature. But it's just not, it's not the traditional, according to Hoyle, sake. Right. So you actually brought in to the studio three different companies and possibly different versions 
of sake. Well, Joe, I'll be honest with you. I went by price point. Did you? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, this one's real cheap. Uh-huh. This one's not as cheap. Uh-huh. And this one's a little bit expensive. Right. And I so uh, That's a good way. I mean, that's a good way to shop for sake. That, if you don't know anything about it. Well, that's exactly what I did. In fact, I texted you and I said, what are some good sakis that I could buy? Mm-hmm. And you sent me a list of like 10, like 10 of the best sakis right. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, none of these words mean anything to me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so there's like a few things that confound me, okay? Uh uh One of them is how electricity works, okay? (laughs) Okay. Like, I just, have you ever like looked at like Is your house lit with candles? No, no, no. I mean, I understand. You flip the switch. I get that. But I'm (laughs) saying like, like, I don't know if you've ever worked at a car and like worked on a car rather Mm. and, 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 and then looked at like the... I don't even know what they call it. Like the electrician's blueprint of your car. Schematic. A schematic, yes. Yeah. Looked at the schematic to like see or try to find like like an electrical problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that was my mind blowing. Like I can't even handle that. Gotcha. And 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 to How the other currents run and, and yeah, the, I just, a whole circuit. Right. And, yeah. It just yeah. blows me. Like I do not get it. And the other thing is, is uh, uh Basically, Asian words. Asian words. Yes. Okay. All Asian words. All I, of I, them? I, I, no, I mean, I, I, I get sake, obviously, but I'm saying- Ohio? Once they start getting, you know, more than about 10 or 12 letters- Oh, woo. like the actual pronunciation? Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a little trick that I learned. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, especially in like Japanese, and I'm not, I'm not an expert. I don't know a lick of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you take... And this is because you dated a girl that was real into anime. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. What what did she... She dressed like this... this, I was going to say the street people, but that makes her sound like she's a hooker. Uh, no, the what do they call it? street fashion? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. What, what what do they call it? I don't like remember. Kaname? I don't remember. It's been so long. They dress like little bears and stuff. Yeah, and things like that. It's a whole street fashion thing. Yeah, um, which you know it's fine, whatever. But right. she actually studied Japanese, Japanese uh, hiragana, katakana. She actually started learning uh, JSL, which is Japanese sign language. So, and you just kind of picked up on some of that right. because you were around. Just okay, secondhand. Right. I just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. So the, the little trick is you basically look at a word. Here's here's a, an example. Namazaki, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about that in a minute. But the word itself, N-A-M-A-Z-A-K-E. N-A-N-A-M-A-Z-A-Z-A-K-E. Key. So it's just, it's just, it's very boom, boom, like boom. broken up is, well, is the yeah, idea. Yeah, but if you think about it like rhythmically or... Like syllables. Yeah, kind of like syllables. Yes. So just kind of break it up mm-hmm. into the syllables, right? Which are fairly short, usually. Usually, yeah. But some words I have a hard time with too, because I'm like, well, how does that pronounce this way? If this one is this, so it's just like English or any other language, right? It, it really, I mean, you could spend your entire life trying to learn it, yeah, uh, and still not get it down, right? So do the best you can. And I think we'll all be forgiving. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the best that I can uh-huh. and hope that no one gets angry at me. Yeah, I don't think they will. All right. So what is the general alcohol content of a sake? Uh, what, did be- you want an answer? Well, yeah, I'm, I guess. Well, it, Between it, what and what? It, it usually goes up, uh, well, I, oh, I was going to say, it doesn't start at zero, does it? No. I guess. Uh, like, we're looking at probably between 10 and 20%-ish. Around there, yeah. Right? Yeah. 
about that. That's, that's a good span, but usually on the higher end. Normally, it starts around 14 or 15 percent. Okay, so let's say about 15 to 20 percent. Right. Right in there. Mm-hmm. Which, which is weird because just how we had mentioned, I would say that this, that just the fact, the percentage lends itself to the idea that it is not like anything else because a wine is typically around, what, 14%? About that, yeah, depending a, on what kind, yeah. A beer typically mm-hmm. going up to about 5 7%. Your average beer, not mm-hmm. like a, an imperial stout, which can run... <laughs> up to about what a wine does. Right. Right. And then alcohols, you're looking at about 30 oh, to... 80. S- yeah, 80%, mm-hmm. unless you have like grain alcohol, o- which or is... Or Old Grandad, which is like 160 or something like that, or 140. Well, that's proof. Yeah. Uh, percentage is usually about half. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm talking like grain alcohol, which, by the way... Is terrible. Is terrible. You made me try some. Yes, I did. But you also cannot buy it in Maryland. Right. It's one of the... you Like, I had to buy that in Delaware when Mm -hmm. I was on a trip to Delaware. Right, right. So, that's what I make all my tinctures with. (laughs) Tinctures. I ran over this a couple different times in research. Is sake better for you than other alcoholic beverages? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's made out of rice instead of barley. I I, I can't imagine. I mean, there's not, uh, what do they call it? Detoxins? Antitoxins? Well, right? it's... Right, like in red wine? I mean... It's free of sulfites. Okay. Like in red wine. Right. Which people can get the rosy cheeks and really bad headaches or hangovers from things like that. Sul- sulfates. Sulfates. Right? Sulfates, yeah. Sulfites. Sure. And things like premium sakes are free of all additives and preservatives mm-hmm. for ingredients. It's like the uh, the beer equivalent of the uh, Reinheitsgebot. Right, of the Rammstein. <laughs> yes, of the Rammstein. Du. Du hast. Du hast mich. <laughs> I know what the Reinheitsgebot is. Do you? Yes, I do. It's the purity law. The right. Be- beer purity law. Which, by the way, yeast wasn't even in the Reinheitsgebot. I know, it's weird. They were just like... It'll just ferment on its own. Let's get into the types. How many types of sake are there? Uh, well, I bought three types, so... Generally five. Oh, okay. So I missed... I should have bought two more? <laughs> right. And we could be really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's it's pretty simple breakdown. Now, there are a myriad of little sub genres and sub-levels and things and stuff that you could throw these into, but your basic are your Junmai Shu, which is rice only, no adding or distilling of alcohols, nothing added. Okay, so that's just straight up traditional sake. Right. Honjozo Shu, it has a little tiny bit of distilled alcohol added to it. Okay, so they put a kicker in it. Yeah, well, a lot of the times, and we'll get into this more, there's some blending action after the brewing process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're made in different different vats and things. So to make it uniform, right? they'll either blend them, uh, add a little bit of alcohol to sort of balance everything out. If something's too harsh, they'll you know add a little bit more or whatever. And it's sort of just to make a even product and no right. variations. Like a, like a blended whiskey or right. even like how sour beers are typically made. Because mm-hmm. when you brew a sour, one will be super duper sour and right. then one will be not quite as sour. You mix those two together and you and get something that's... Medium range. Right, yeah. Exactly. Ginjoshu which is a highly milled rice, and it's with or without added alcohols. So depending on the level of rice that is used, 
Now, there's a whole range of racing rice stuff that goes on with, with I kind of wanted to get into that, but okay. we, we can do that after. Okay. Daijinjoshu, that's even more highly milled rice. That's the next grade up uh, or down up. I'm not really sure. But the rice is milled even further. Mm-hmm. And again, with or without added alcohol in that one. And then there is the namazake, which refers to the sake not being pasteurized. And that one should be served cold, stored cold, and that's the one that you're going to find that's, that's kind of cloudy. Mm-hmm. More like the old school, traditional way it was made where it would take a village to make right. a batch where they would sit down, go through, and polish the rice by hand, well, technically by mouth. So they would take the rice, sort of chew it up and get the husk and stuff and a lot of the starches off of the rice. Mm -hmm. If anybody's ever made rice in any fashion, you know, like if you pour water over it, it'll milky water. Leaves a cloudiness. Right, from the starch. So the more water you add to it, the the cleaner the water will get. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of doing the same thing with your mouth by kind of chewing off a little bit of that stuff. Right. First off, gross. Well, Uh, 300 B.C., Mm-hmm. So that was called kuchikame no sake, which translates to chewing the mouth sake. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that was done by hand, or again, by mouth. Right. Now it's done with big mills and things. They don't have just line of guys just chewing that? Oh, gross. I believe there were a few different kinds of, like like Native American alcohols that they would make with corn mm-hmm. that they did the exact same thing. Exactly. What, because the enzymes in your mouth mm-hmm. bre- have a tendency to break down the sugars. All right. So we're going to break into the first one and we're going warm to cold, right? Yeah. Let's do, uh, okay. So here's the thing. Uh, I think we should go warm. Mm-hmm. Also happens to be the cheapest. Okay. There are a few myths about it. And one of the myths is that, that uh, the, sake that you drink warm mm-hmm. should be cheap sake mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily true you can drink no. better sake's warm as well but here's the thing when you drink sake's warm mm-hmm. they have a tendency to blow off most of the aromatics right so you really want to drink a very flavorful sake mm-hmm. but not necessarily a you know, a dainty aromatic sake. Right, because you're going to so, lose something. You're going to lose something. Right. So so I understand if you would drink a lower price point sake warm. And part of the reason is to warm you up during mm-hmm. a cold uh, cold night or yeah. during the winter months. So it Apparently makes it gets sense. really cold on Mount Fuji. Yeah, and so it's very much like uh, like drinking, like, say, mulled wine during right. Christmas time or exactly. something like that. And there are there's a whole laundry list of etiquette things if you guys really, really want to get into, like, sake etiquette, there's a bunch. We're mm-hmm. not going to do a lot of that stuff on this episode, but trust me, it's kind of neat, kind of interesting, so let's open this bottle. Okay. All right, Joe. Now, one of the etiquette things that I did read about mm-hmm. was that you are not supposed to pour your own sake. So I poured you yours, uh-huh. and you're going to pour me mine. Right. Uh, that is one of the etiquette things that we will get into. And it's also polite to serve older people first. Oh, there's another one. All right. So this one is, what is it, Gekian? Mm-hmm. So uh, Gekian is a 380-year-old company yeah. with 14 generations of history and tradition. Older than Kikoman. Yeah. The soy sauce 
guys. That is that is very old. Uh, now we are drinking. What what which kind is this? You want to go with a uh, nose first? Mm-hmm. It smells. Um, it smells fairly earthy. I definitely smell the alcohol in it. Yeah, yeah. I think this in the classifications that I have of the the five. There's kind of a side one that I found called Futsu Shu, which basically just means ordinary sake. Yeah, th- so that's like, the one that's kind of like like table wine. Like if you said table wine, yeah. you would know it's it's sort of it's not the best, it's not the cruddiest. It's sort of like an everyday. I think, it, and it's also like not aged or anything like right. that. Well, it's just like I think all sake should at least be aged six months, right? From what I read. Yeah, I think this stuff is kind of like kind of pressed out the door. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the idea. It's gotcha. like to get it out. So I'm going to go with a little sip, sip of it. Hmm? Ooh. It's a, a bit of a flavor explosion. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting like peaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit floral. Can I do the thing where I... Sure, do it. Do it up. <laughs> oh, Joe, I really like that. Mm-hmm. I'd say like peaches, a little bit of grape... I definitely have a little bit of rubbing alcohol. <laughs> There's a bit of that, yeah. I think it's just because it's got, I mean, what, what, what is it, 18%? This, this one? Yeah. 15.6. Oh, 15%. Well, yeah, this isn't bad. It's cooled off a little bit. We meant to drink it a little bit warmer. Yeah, but it's nice, though. It's pleasant. It is kind of pleasant. Yeah. I would drink this. So I just wanted to mention my brother-in-law, Greg, mm-hmm. he really likes sake. Yep. Uh, one of the things, ways that he does it, though, is he he uh, basically makes like a sake cocktail. Mm-hmm. So he'll get, I don't know, these little little drinks. Like, have you ever seen the ice drinks? They're in little plastic bottles and they're different flavors. I think you so. You know, like mandarin orange and different yeah, things. Yeah. Like, he'll get those and he'll chill them. Mm. And then he'll put like a shot of sake in it and sure. drink like for birthday parties and stuff. That, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. when they have he'll That's how he'll drink it as like a sake cocktail. Mm-hmm. So... There's a, a really good sushi restaurant in this area, and the owner, great guy, he loves to challenge people to sake bombs. Mm, okay. So basically, I, I'm, I'm not sure if this is a new thing, old thing. It's just a thing that happens at that restaurant. Right. <laughs> but basically, it's a a, a cup of beer, uh-huh. uh, usually Sapporo or something like that. and So a, a, a Japanese beer? Yeah, yeah. They also have like Qingdao and and some other stuff. But Kir- Kirin, Kir- Kirian, Kirin, right? Is mm-hmm. that right? Chopsticks on the top of the glass with a, a shot of sake, mm-hmm. and then everybody around the table pounds on the table and they they say sake bomb, sake bomb, sake bomb, or something like that. And then they hit the table, and the first person that once that shot glass goes in the cup and they drink the whole thing, they win. Okay, so the the. The chopstick would roll out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Bam, and it rolls and it out, would, drops. Yeah. Drink it real fast. It's just, you yeah. bam it and slam it. Mm-hmm. Right. Can I just mention, too, now I read a little bit about sake, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. I read quite a bit about it over the past few days, <laughs> right. and one of, the men, one of the things that they mention is that it has a high amount of amino acids, mm-hmm. although it doesn't have a lot of the citric kind of acids and stuff like that in it, mm-hmm. but it has a high amount of amino acids, which have a tendency to play off of food very well. Right. Uh, and that also, the amino acids give you uh, what you would call umame 
or mm-hmm. the fifth flavor. And I right. believe we talked about that when we discussed MSG mm-hmm. on some episode? A couple episodes, maybe, probably. Yeah, a few different mushrooms, ones. Mushrooms, Pro- definitely. Yeah, probably mushrooms and yeah. uh, maybe condiments or a mm-hmm. few other ones. And this definitely has umame. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, in, it's slight sweet, but there's this earthiness behind it. Like a savoriness right. behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I really got, and I didn't yeah. think that I was going to. Really? It's Yeah, it's totally there. I just thought it was going to be like a... I thought it was going to be like sweet like, sticky rice or something. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sushi rice. Well, and there there are so many different variations. There's over 1,800 sake breweries in Japan alone. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, this one is actually made here in America. Right. The Gekian. Now, but right. they, they 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 hail they, from Japan, but right. they have a but a they plant opened here. they opened a plant here because it was being imported so much yeah they want to just open one here yeah where they can sell it cheaply right yeah and get it out to every single sushi restaurant mm-hmm. uh you know in the, in the states right so i really like this i would i would uh i would totally good. drink this i'm yeah. glad man that's good yeah i think you've opened me up a little bit good so i wanted to mention a little bit you were talking about the 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 rice and and the way that it is milled yes did you want to get into that a little bit? Go for it. I like to think of it like pasta, okay? When you cook pasta, you you can do it, you know, a few different ways. You can cook it until it's completely just limp and rubbery, but the way that you're supposed to cook it... Al dente. Is al dente. Right. And that basically means, what is it, toothy? Yeah, to right? the tooth. To the tooth in yeah. Italian. So it has a little bit of, like, you can feel it has, like, a little bit of chewiness and some, stuff like some that. Some give. Right, but, but some firmness, and so you'll notice that, that the very center of the pasta ah, it's my favorite test will yes. not be completely cooked all the way. Yeah, right. It you, has a dissection, mm-hmm. a sectional crosscut right. of of cooked pasta. There should be a real thin layer in there that's sort of more white or more uh, dry, dry. Right, and I'm not talking like <laughs> like a large swath, but a real thin layer in the middle of that section. Should still be should have a little bit of bite in there. Right now, rice is kind of the same way. It is, and the way that it is the same way is that through nature, the very center of that kernel of rice, mm-hmm. it is the the most prized. So you have your your husk on the outside, mm-hmm. and then on the outside of the little tiny grain of rice that has it, it has some some good stuff, but it's still kind of husky. Right. And then as you get to the center of that core, to the very, very center of that core, that is supposedly where, like, the sweet spot is, the best spot, the very, very center of that rice. So mm-hmm. when they mill it, basically they're they're churning that rice over and over, and they rub up against each other mm-hmm. so much that you, you just get the very tiny, delicious center core of that rice. Right. It's like a rock tumbler, smoothing mm-hmm. out rough rocks and these little tiny smaller rocks but they're all smooth and they're smaller and it's it's the core of the rock right now uh a part of that it just having that very center that very core Mm. being the best part those are what the best sakis are made out of supposedly Mm -hmm. there's different thoughts and theories some batches can be 75 percent rice gone so it's these little teeny tiny little rice balls right and the rice comes out middle of the road Mm-hmm. So it really depends on 
the water, the amount of rice, how well, long the rice the idea is, is that it's and a, steamed. Yeah. Like the idea is that that's a factor. Right. That's a, yeah. that's a factor that they put into every decision when they're making a right. batch. And one of the things also is that when it, as it's getting churned, the some of the rice will, say, crack or break in half. Mm-hmm. Those fall away. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, so the weakest rice, only the strong survive. Exactly, The yeah. weakest rice falls away. Mm-hmm. Now, with that dust and those mm-hmm. little, the broken pieces and all that, mm-hmm. a lot of the time they're feeding cattle with that. Right. And it can also be used uh, to make the second key ingredient is the koji, mm-hmm. which is technically called the heart of the whole sake making process. That rice dust mm-hmm. can also be taken and distilled to make liquor. Right. Like 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 we were talking about the, you know, the very potent liquor out mm-hmm. of it yeah, to yeah. say add back to the the sake. Right. To, so you're not really messing up the flavor because you're using right. the same You're using the exact same rice. Mm-hmm. You can just add that to it to say bump up the alcohol or right. open or balance up the, it out. Yeah, or balance something. it, whatever you need to do. Right. Just like you were talking about your the different types at the very beginning. The what is it, the Hosh uh Honjo Zushu. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, where they add the distilled alcohol back. Right. That's where they get it from. Mm-hmm. So throw it to cattle, make more liquor with it. Uh, I suppose you could maybe make a porridge. Sure. Or whatever. Or, yeah. like you said, you could also make the... The koji. Weird mold stuff. <laughs> it is kind of weird. So we're kind of going out of order here. But after the rice is milled and or polished, then it's washed and soaked. So also, I wanted to mention what you were talking about with washing and soaking it. Mm-hmm. So you do that with sushi rice. Now, although it is a different grade or type of rice that is for sushi rice, it, it, it's still the same process. When you make sushi rice, you you actually put it in the pot of water. You let it soak for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You pull the sushi rice back out, and it, it like you were talking about, it'll, it'll leave a cloudiness. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a lot of uh, the dust off of it. The starches and stuff. The yeah. starches. The, the any kind of little bits of husk mm-hmm. that Bugs. are left over, remnants, but you're also getting rid of any kind of oils yes. as well. Yeah. So you're you're getting any of those flavors that you don't want. You want to get it down to that, that delicious core of mm-hmm. the rice like we were talking about before. So it gets rid of all those oils and, and everything off of there because, you know, just like any kind of grain, mm-hmm. you're going to have some oil. It's going to make it, right. you know, like kern oil, corn oil. You know, uh, rice has oil as well, just not as much. Right. So after it's washed and then they steam cook it mm-hmm. to ready it for the koji. And the koji is a neat little thing. It's rice cultivated with a mold known technically as aspergillus oryzae. Okay. It's a mold spore. And basically what happens is they, they make it into this like mold spore powder. You've seen this little puffball. Oh, like you find them in the forest and you, yeah, and yeah, poof, you and they, throw them at your friends and they go. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, You're right. basically throwing mold spores in their face. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to that. So And then they get black lung. I, yeah, I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So they keep these rooms relatively warm and humid. Right. That's how Cobra Commander from uh, G.I. Joe was made. Is it? Yeah, they threw one of those at him. <laughs> yes. Or the other guy that took over after Cobra Commander. I don't He was turned into a snake. Snake, Not snake, snake eye. man. I think he was just snake guy. Snake guy. He was guy. snake guy. He got confused <laughs> with snake eyes because he right. was like snake guy and snake eyes. Cobra. Very confusing. Right. Cobra. 
Venom. So it's in these warm, humid rooms where the mold is able to propagate and, and start the whole fermentation process. Nice, toasty, warm room mm-hmm. to for mold to propagate. <laughs> exactly. <Ugh. laughs> this whole mixture is kind of put together in like three batches or three different stages over around four or five days. Add a little bit more water, a little bit more rice, a little more koji, and that sort of helps the fermentation process. It's kind of like adding, what is that, yeast nutrients Yeah, mm-hmm. in home brewing that we do. Yeah, so you, It's you, kind of like doing that in the first three days of your, your brewing process or your fermenting process. Okay, so the reason why the mold is used, the, the, the koji, uh, now, like you said, this is like the heart of, of where sake comes from. Right. The, the, the mold uh, is, I mean, it just grows on rice anyway. Yes. So, kind of like ergot. Right, but ergot, without the, ergot, ergot, what I need. But without the poisoning and the, the hallucinations. Yeah, so it is like a naturally occurring mold that mm. grows on it, but they have only the finest strains of it right. that they use in the brewing process. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to get a little weird and home brewery on you. I hope you don't mind. It's okay. Okay, so <laughs> now typically when you're doing barley, okay, when you're doing uh, like a beer and you're using barley – you you take it and you mash it. Now, on the on the barley, it has natural enzymes to break that barley down, break the starches of it down, and turn it into sugar. You don't need any kind of enzymes to add to it. Mm-hmm. With rice, when you're making sake, mm-hmm. it does not naturally have those enzymes. Right. So if you added water and yeast to rice, this would not happen. This would not happen. You so need unless something. you had some, yeah, because it's all basically going to be starches. You're going to have a big starchy ball. You're going to have a rice ball. A starch fest. Right. Now, uh, so one of the weird things is, is that there, there's certain, there's other things, say wine, which has fructose in it. Mm-hmm. Fructose is already a, a sugar that does not have to be broken down. So when you crush grapes... The, the natural yeast that's on the outside of the of the great skin husk. the great the great husk <laughs> yes Joe or as we on earth call it skin the the grape skin that will actually take and break those down and right. and turn into alcohol that's why like moose can eat fruit that's been like on the tree mm. and they get drunk off of them you yeah. know what I mean you know stuff like yeah. that because they they ferment on on the tree right you know? I, I sorry I think that comes from like a uh, uh, what, is, what is it? This American Life episode that I listened to, <laughs> really? like moose were like eating all these fruit on, off the tree. Sweet. So, so your your sugars don't need to be broken down from starches when you're talking about that. And so I think it's funny how we call sake rice wine because you know it's it is a process more like beer because you have to break the starches down into sugars mm-hmm. and then you take and throw a sake yeast into it and it turns it into the the sugars into alcohol. Mm-hmm. Even though we call it a rice wine, I went into this weird circle pattern earlier today <laughs> when I was thinking about it, right. just in my own head. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it is not a wine; it is more like a beer, but it's more like a barley wine. Okay. Because it's a much higher percentage. Right. Now, a barley wine isn't a wine; no. it's a beer. Yes. But it's called a barley wine. Right. So I was like, so it's more like sake is a rice wine. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> Back to square one. Back to square one. Because right. it's not a rice wine as in a fruit wine. Right. It's more like a, 
you know, a barley wine that's, which is a type of beer. Right. Well, and, and we're, we're saying based on the traditional recipe. Right. Mm-hmm. Water, rice, yeast, koji. Right. No sugar. Not necessarily in that order. But, but there's no sugars other than the natural sugars in the rice. Right. That have to be coaxed out from the koji. Right. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's a completely different method than using the enzymes that you know, you would use for beer making mm-hmm. because the instead of having enzymes, they're using mold to break down, to break it down. That's basically where they're getting the enzymes from. And which is different from a another favorite Asian and Japanese drink, soju, mm-hmm. which we talked about a little bit earlier. We did. Soju is more of a straight liquor. I barely know her. hey oh And you can find soju pretty much where you can find sake. And I saw soju... But I was like, no, this episode is about sake. I'm not going to get soju. So back to the sake. This fermentation happens in these giant large tanks called shikome. Uh, The mash is allowed to sit from 18 to 32 days. After that, it's pressed. Now, there are a bunch of different ways it can be pressed. More modern ways or machines and stuff. The old way was basically giant grain bags, like Mm -hmm. in home brewing. Right. A finer mesh, but that's what they look like. These giant grain bags, and they basically press the the liquid out. And that liquid is sake. Right. So then it's filtered uh, and then blended if needed or desired, depending on the, the overall remaining flavor. Now, there are certain types of, of sake that they just hang the bags. Mm-hmm. And that's and tri- typically called a drip sake. Right. So it's just a, just sort of different ways of doing stuff. So I wanted to mention the reason why they have to press it out is because there is something going on there called multiple parallel fermentation. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is, uh, okay, so they put the mold onto the rice. They put the koji onto the rice. And that creates, uh, you know, it creates sugars, but it doesn't just create all of it at one time because the mold, it it, it takes a while to, to, to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, as well as when they add, start to add the yeast and throw those into the tanks, the yeast takes a while to work. 18 to 32 days. Right. That's a range. That's a long time. <laughs> but that's a range. Yeah. So what's happening basically is the, the mold is converting the starches into sugars at the exact same time that the yeast is creating alcohol from those sugars. So it's basically like they're feeding it out just a little bit at a time. Right. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a hopper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just getting a little bit and just getting a little bit and just getting a little bit. And the reason why that is uh, that that's that it creates such uh, that is one of the reasons why it's creating such bold and good flavors mm-hmm. is because those yeast are propagating at the same time. Right. And so their yeast starter mm-hmm. when they first make the batch and they're ready to put the yeast in, which is called shubo or moto. Those yeast cell, the count can reach about 100 million in one teaspoon. Ooh, that's big. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a lot of yeast cells. Right. Well, I would imagine that the tanks are pretty big exactly. too. Exactly. So, but it's it's. I'm just saying, like, it's a completely different method than than they do for beer. Mm-hmm. Even though it's very similar, you're not having multiple parallel fermentations. What you know, you have multiple types of fermentation when you're doing beer. Oh yeah. You know well, all kinds. But you're you're changing all of the starch into maltose at one time in the mash. Then. You're changing all of the maltose into alcohol the, during the, the during your fermentation. Mm-hmm. So you have the mash and then the fermentation. Moromi. 
The mash. The mash. Uh, and then with wine, you're turning grapes into alcohol with yeast. Mm-hmm. There is no mash. Right. But with sake, you're you're turning the rice starch into the into your your sucrose into your sugar mm-hmm. or your your you know your grape sugar. You're doing that the at, at the exact same time. I just mm-hmm. find that really amazing. That yeah, that neat. is very unique with sake. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else is is done. It's not fermented. You know, and mashed at the same time. Right. It doesn't. That doesn't happen. And that I think that's why you get these unique flavors. That you know, that's why you get that umame. It's also one of the reasons why you get the high alcohol content. Yes. Because because your yeast is propagating the entire time, just and you getting coax out more and more and more. Yeah. It's yeah. just keep. It, that's one of the reasons why you can get up to twenty percent. Because when you have uh, when you have normal yeast in in beer, if you threw that much sugar at it all at one time, it would stop. It would stop because right. what, what the thing is, is with uh, with like beer yeast, you know, uh, like uh, what is it, Brevis mm-hmm. or whatever, the beer, the normal beer yeast, it just eats it all up like a greedy little glutton. And then it goes, oh, crap, I'm full. I ate too much. And then, yeah, and then it <laughs> yeah. just stops. And then it's time for a nap. Yeah, which is why you get like uh, certain beers that have, you know, a lot of sugar in them to begin with. Mm-hmm. They'll be a little bit sweet at the end. Right. They'll, so, they'll stall out, basically. Yeah, they'll stall yeah. out and they'll leave it like some sweetness. Mm-hmm. And that's unfermented sugars. Yeah. A lot of brewers will do it like that for the mouthfeel or for mm-hmm. the, the bit of sweetness. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. What, like uh, brown ales, for instance, mm-hmm. have some sweetness. It's because uh, because of that brewing process. Right. Now, the toji, or the head brewers, they're the ones who, they will select the rice. They will test the water and the climate, the local land for quality. So some of these guys will actually go to the place where the rice is grown and, and look at the soil and taste it and smell it and look at the grain and how, it's, how the rice is growing to, to figure out their plan of attack for their next batch of sake for that year. Another reason why sake is very similar to wine, mm-hmm. because it has different flavors like terroir. Yeah, exactly. very much like wine, it's because like, you, you're the the guys going out to their vineyards, being like, "Oh, this is going to be a good year," because they're tasting yeah, the grapes, they, they're they, smelling stuff. They and, smell the they mm-hmm. smell the soil, and they they see how much you know nutrient content is in it. You right. know, so different terroirs will give you different flavors, mm-hmm. and it's the exact same way with rice patties and sake. Right. Hey, listeners, how many times has this happened to you? You're scrolling through your iTunes podcast list and all you see are all these shows with structure and formats and complicated setups. Why, I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a podcast with two guys just shooting the breeze. Oh, this doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. All right, so Joe has decided mm-hmm. to bust out the next uh, alcoholic beverage, the next sake. <laughs> right. Now, this one is uh, was the second price point up <laughs> and uh, a, a much smaller bottle. Right. This is Aziki, Az, Az, Azeki 
sake. Comes from Nishinomiya in Japan. So this is actually brewed in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Karatamba, the dry wave sake. So this is supposed to be really dry. No, I don't think really dry, but I think moderately dry. Moderately. It looked, it looked, I, there was like one of those slide bars on the back that right. was like sweet and dry. And it was all <laughs> yeah. the way a dry, Joe. All the way dry. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and usually I am not a fan of like dry wines. So I'm assuming I'm not going to like this. Well, this one falls in the Hanjojo Shu category mm-hmm. uh, for sakes, which basically means a very small amount of distilled alcohol is added. Right. So they added a kicker to this one. It's Well, they call it the brewer's alcohol, which is the remnants of the rice they used. In-house. Yeah. And they, they made it into a liquor and mm. added some back. Now, I, I just kind of wanted to mention that we are also drinking this one instead of warm. We drank the first one, the Gekian, warm. Uh, this one we are drinking at room temperature. So right. still warm, but not above body temperature. Right. And in this category, uh, it's also stated that they did use the polished or milled rice at at least 30% of the outer portion of each rice grain having been ground away. Right. We, I also wanted to mention that I believe that uh, Japanese law states that you have to mention the amount that you've ground away. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's on the bottle. Yeah. So it is very much like how in the U.S. you have to put the ABV of things. Mm-hmm. When you make sake in Japan, you have to state how much you've ground away. Right. So, uh, all right, so I'm going to go with nose first. And first mm. thing I smell, mm-hmm. sage. Oh, there is sage, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that because I have a sage plant outside. Yeah. So I use yeah, it all the time. Do. So it's very like sage heavy to me. Hmm. Earthy. Kind of like literally, like minerally almost mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. I'm getting off the smell. So I'm going to go for flavor. You ready? Not as dry as I thought. No. But no. It's, it's drier than the last Ooh, one. Oh, a dry finish. I spoke too soon. Ooh. I actually like this one better than the, uh, the other one. Better than the Gekian? Yeah, the first one. Okay, so plum instead of peach. Last one was peach. This one's plum. Right. And I think that's just the, the dryer on your palate. Mm-hmm. I think it's bringing out different, uh, what did we call those? Phenolics? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has nice legs. It trips down the glass. What percentage is this? This one is 15.5. 15.5. So a whole point below or a whole half point really because uh, well i it doesn't taste i don't taste like rubbing alcohol in this one no i can say that for sure yeah no this so and this one like you said has a nice little uh little scale meter on the back very light in body it is very light in body but rather dry Mm -hmm. acidity is at 1.4 i taste some acidity on the sake meter value or the smv it is a plus seven. I don't know what that means. Is that like uh is that like a plus seven sword? I think so. In D and D? I think so. Mm-hmm. So plus seven against demons or something? <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, Oni? Yes. Or oh, Yokai. Can... I like that. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's it's so it's not okay, most of these so far though, mm-hmm. they're like strong cocktail level. You know what I mean? I would say light cocktail level. Okay. Well Because most cocktails at least have Two shots of something in them. Right. Okay. Base, I mean, just a basic cocktail. Maybe how you make cocktails, Joe. Yeah. Get me shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I made a I made a margarita yesterday, and I think it had like four. Oh my god! I four really shots like this. of rum. Okay, so you can make cocktails with sake, right? I mean, that's not no. That's that would be perfectly fine. Any anything that I, it's a very mild flavor. Mm-hmm. Like the the two we've just had. Very mild flavor. Oh, man. So you wouldn't really want to make anything crazy with it because you're going to lose any of that. Do you know what I would really like to do with with either of these two would have been perfect? Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm making a cocktail on the fly. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had just like cucumber water? Yeah. Where you take just some water on a hot day, you throw some slices of cucumber in it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're having a cookout or something, right. you, you you pour a little sake into the glass. Oh, yeah, it'd be perfect. Half a glass of sake, half a glass of uh, cucumber mm-hmm. water or whatever. Yep. On some nice big ice cubes. Man, yeah. I think that would make a great cocktail. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm going to call that one the Scarborough. <laughs> the Scarborough. <laughs> so I think we left off in the, the whole brewing process at the, the pressing mm-hmm. or the jozo. Then there is the filtration or the roca. I guess that pulls any other particulates and things out left from the squeezing. Yeah, any any little bits of rice or anything. Right. Uh, And then some sakes are pasteurized. Mm -hmm. And then some are, I wouldn't say aged per se. Right. Uh, I think most sakes are meant to be enjoyed sooner rather than later. Right, Mm mm-hmm. Uh, to to get all the flavors and stuff matured, right? But at least six months mm-hmm. is from what I've read. I, I also wanted to say the uh, the two wine guys mm-hmm. that I, the podcast that I was listening to. One of the things that they mentioned was is when you serve it hot, when you decide to serve sake hot, you also want to say warm up your bowls a little bit. <laughs> not not <laughs> what? Okay, so traditionally, not traditionally. It, it's really. Actually, it's very – sometimes it's traditional, sometimes it's not. It, right, right. A, a lot of the time – let's just talk glassware for one second. Okay, sure. It's perfectly fine to drink sake out of a glass. Oh, yeah. Just we're, a normal – Right now, we're drinking them in – what would you consider these? These are – High boys? These low are low boys? ball. Low, low ball glasses. Low balls? Low balls glasses. Right. Not high ball glasses. These are just low, low ball. ball glasses. Like you would see in an old movie with some dude sipping scotch. Right, exactly. Uh, you can also drink it out of the uh, kind of like – the, the bowls that you would get at a sushi restaurant. Right. The little ceramic bowls. Yes. Some of the times they'll come with a ceramic little, tiny little pitcher mm-hmm. that they just throw that in the microwave to warm it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But warming up your bowl as well right. uh, keeps your, this is, like I was saying, during the podcast, they were talking mm-hmm. about it can bruise the sake and even like it can change the flavor, but also see. it can change the color. Like it'll actually turn, like it'll, start to turn a little bit more yellow. Right. Well, so... And here kind of goes to my next point, is that generally most sakes are clear, transparent, which is often due to the filtering at the kura, the, the brewery, mm-hmm. before shipping. Some people don't do it. Some people do. Uh, it can be very expensive at times, stripping a lot of the character out of the sake. Well, that's the thing with filtering, and y- you... You get, say you get an IPA, mm-hmm. right? Just call back to the IPA episode. Mm-hmm. If you filter that beer, you, you know, you take out all the particulates from your hops and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's not cloudy anymore. 
but you can also be stripping a lot of your flavor components away, right. a lot of your aromatics. So if you say carbon filter, that's great for making things taste clean and clear, mm-hmm. but you know it's not necessarily supposed to be clean and clear like moonshine. You know what I mean? Right. You want it to have some sort of character or flavor. Right. So it's like to filter or not to fl- filter. You're you're you can strip a lot of the flavor away by doing that. Exactly. And often sake has either a very light amber color into the range of gold. Right. Oh, and that's usually the case for what they call full flavored sake. So all the stuff is there. Mm-hmm. And it adds a different dimension, different levels, different layers of flavors to your sake if you don't filter it or if it's only lightly filtered. Right. So I wanted to mention, uh, now that we've done the episode, I really kind of wanted to brew my own sake, but I don't have any of the the the, the mold, the koji. So I would probably have to use like, what is it, alpha amylase? Mm-hmm. It's the, mm-hmm. the, I would have, it, it's, it's like a brewer's supplement that you would throw in to help metabolize the, the starches and the sugars. Right. I would probably have to use that because mm-hmm. I don't have the mold. So it would. Well, for a while. It would be like a fake sake. Right. Well, and for a while on Amazon, there was a company uh, selling sake starter kits. Or not mm. sake starter kits, but sake homebrew kits. Right. And it came with everything, even the koji. The, wow. A little tiny pack uh, of the, the mold spores. I didn't snatch one up, but they are out of stock right now. Oh, no. Maybe they will be again. I do not know. Well, I will check on our Amazon link and definitely put an affiliate link up. Oh, yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. People out there making their own sake. Making their own sake. But I also wanted to mention that uh, two of the yeast companies that we have here in in the States definitely have a sake yeast. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, uh, White Labs has... Of course. <laughs> their sake yeast is... It's called number seven. Yeah. Because the the Japanese government, as the different yeasts were brought out, they actually, uh, instead of calling them by name, they numbered them. Mm-hmm. So you have number seven from White Labs and number nine from uh, Y Yeast Laboratories. So two different companies... Two different yeasts. You could get one of each and 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 make it, mm. and and try it that way. So you know, and they are your Japanese sake yeast. Hmm. Uh, I believe they go all the way up to about eighteen, uh, and then they they also have a non foaming version. So if you were going to get say sake yeast number nine, they would add a, like a zero one to the end. So it would be like 901 would okay. be the non foaming version. Uh-huh. So the reason why they, it would be non foaming. You would have your foaming version. You would have to have a much larger fermenter uh, for the foam up top. And then uh, for the non-foaming version, you could almost bring it all the way up to the top of your of your what, what, I would say it's like a carboy, but yeah, you would, your ferm- but you had like a traditional your... name for it. So but your fermenting vessel. Oh, you mean the shikome? Shikome, yes. Right. Yeah. So I also wanted to mention that uh, I read an article where they were talking about a uh, brewer brewery great i've had a couple <laughs> sips of sake in the brewery some of the workers have tipped their head into the shikome to see how it's doing mm-hmm. and there is a certain percentage of brewery workers that have died from the thick cloud of carbon dioxide that it creates on top kurabitu and breathing Corbito. it in korobito uh-huh 
That's a brewery, just a brewery worker. Oh, okay. One of the workers. Well, yeah, they, they dip their head into it to either taste it or see how it's doing, and they breathe in too much of that carbon dioxide, pass out, and then fall into the vat. Oh, no. Yeah, they need the freaking buddy system. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or a net. Or, or some kind of hook <laughs> yeah. to get them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because seriously, like, like several brewery workers have a tendency to die every year. Oof. Death by sake. That's got to suck. That's got a sake. All right, so Joe is busting out our third and final sake. It is very cold because we've had it in the in the fridge. And this one would fall into the namazake style. So the unfiltered, unpasteurized. And this is the Fukushima no sake nigorazaki. And uh, it says somewhere on it that it's in... An Aladdin bottle. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, a really cute Aladdin bottle. It, it's, it looks like an Aladdin's yeah. lamp. Nigori Aladdin bottle. Right. So unfiltered uh, Japanese sake. I love this. Alcohol percent is 15 to 16%. And I think the reason why is because it's unfiltered, mm-hmm. so it still has the yeast inside, so it could build up a little bit once it's been bottled. And it has this... Really cool, like little, like old school nineteen fifties beer pull tab <laughs> on the top. Yeah, so you can't. So we're gonna have to finish that whole thing before we leave. So, oh, there we go. And uh, I wanted to mention, like, the color of it is because of the. They say you're supposed to shake it up a little bit. A we little didn't. Bit. We didn't shake it too hard. We shook it up just a little bit. And I would say that it's kind of it. Ha, it was separated where it had like a bit of white at the bottom, right? And then at the top, it was a uh, just completely clear. Now he shook it up, and it almost has what? Almost like a pink, pinkish. I think that's the bottle. Because look at it in the glass. Oh, it's very white. Yeah, yeah it looks it, like milk. It looks like skim milk. Yeah, it really does. Now you said this is the one that is actually chewed. Uh, by Japanese it's, people? <laughs> yes. This has actually been it, in their mouths. They no, spit it into the no, tank, right? No. No. If it was 300 BC, then yes. Then yes? Uh, it just means it's unfiltered, un, unmolested. So this is uh, completely unfettered, unfiltered. Yep. So it, it still has some remnants in it. That's basically what I'm talking about. So, uh, okay, Joe, mm-hmm. just a couple of things. First <laughs> off... Do they have a sparkling sake? I do not know. They're all still, right? I've never had a sparkling sake. So if you want sparkles in your sake, you're going to have to like pour Pour a little bit of ginger ale in with it or some some club soda. Some tonic or something. Yeah, that's why they would make a good cocktail because they have no sparkling sakes. Ah. Right. Because I do like, uh, you know, some bubbles. Take a look at your glass. No, uh, look at the top. It's, um... See it? A bit of a sheen? Yeah. And, like, some little speckly things. Yeah, that's because it's unfiltered. Yeah, I know. Totally I'm just saying, unfiltered. Like, that's, so if this was 300 BC and for going the whole chewing and spitting yeah. out thing, this is roughly what we would get back then. All right, Joe. Uh, well, I'm going to give it a good little nose, some sniff here. Ooh, Joe, it kind of smells... Licorice? How come mine smells like old milk? <laughs> you smell licorice? I smell licorice. I smell milk. You smell milk. Or yogurt, maybe? It smells like yogurt to me. Milk. I'm a little bit nervous sure, about this one. It's not milk. It's milk. Is it milk? Is it milk? Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. This You want to do this. This is... It doesn't smell very good to me, Joe. This one does not smell good to me. All right. Well, let's uh, let's cheers. What's what's the Japanese word for cheers? Kampai. Kampai. Oh, that's chewy. Oh, Joe. 
What do you think? It's uh, it's kind of grainy. A little bit, yeah. Joe, it tastes like it tastes like alcoholic tofu. <laughs> I don't know if I like this one. Yeah, that's a bit weird. I mean, palate wise, it tastes okay. Right. But your palate's like, what is it? What's floating around in there? What's going on? Yeah. No, this one's kind of a little bit like. Um, have you ever had rice milk? Oh yeah, many times. Yeah. Like uh, like you would. Yeah. Like almond milk, but rice milk. Yeah. Yeah. This that's kind of this tastes like rice milk mm. uh, that I put some grain alcohol into. Okay. <laughs> I am not a fan of this one. And this was the this was the the most expensive the most expensive one. Right. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Nope. Nope. I don't think I can do this one. Well, you have to because we have to finish the bottle. Oh God. I don't think I like this one very much at all. So what, uh, if I may ask? Mm-hmm. Your average price range for sake can run anywhere from what, ten bucks to forty, fifty bucks a bottle. Well, the Gekian, which is a pretty uh, rather large twenty-five point four ounce bottle, so like a twenty-two ounce bottle, twenty-five ounce bottle, that was like eight bucks. Okay, right. so like real cheap. Right, and you like that one the best so far. That one so far, I like the best. Right. Uh, the next one up, that and that we one did. was warm. That yeah. was the one I thought I wasn't going to like. And then the Caratamba, the Dry Wave, comes in at uh, ten point one fluid ounces. It's a weird bottle size. And that was a much higher price point. I think at about sixteen dollars or so. Okay, that seems about right for mm-hmm. a middle mid range decent. Right. Sake. And I liked that one a little bit less, but not bad. Yeah. And uh, the Aladdin bottle, mm-hmm. that one was, I believe, around $20, $25. Really? And I like it the least. Wow. Right. So goes to show. Wasted money. <laughs> That's not wasted. No, it's no. It's for the podcast. It's for the podcast. It's I, for you guys. Right. Out there. Right. It's Listening awful. to Chris Don't get the Aladdin down bottle. sake chewy milk. Get the Gekian. Just get the cheap stuff. Apparently, it's the best, Mm-mm. warm or cold. No, it really depends on taste, I think. Like, your preference, your palate. Like, I have no problem with this. My palate is confused. This one tastes like chunks, chunks of things. <laughs> well, that's, again, it's like, if you're used to those kinds of weird textures, mm-hmm. you might like it. Because the flavor's good. It's the texture you're I think you're that's debatable, over. Joe. Okay. I think that's debatable. Okay. I think I'd rather go back to the cheap stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not as refined as your palate. Maybe. It really does look like milk in a glass. It does. It really It looks like, like milk and it tastes like horror. <laughs> it tastes like horror. <laughs> oh man. So Joe, while we're drinking this disgusting glass of Aladdin champagne, wait, uh, what is it? Aladdin sake. Right. Uh I wanted to mention the fact that we had discussed a few things a while back when we decided we were going to do a sake episode. Well, first off, I told you that you had to watch the Atari uh, Game Over. Yes. For our our Buried episode. Yeah, which I did. Which you did. And it was anticlimactic. Right. And I watched a movie <laughs> called The Birth of Saki on Netflix. Yes. That was all about Saki. And it was about the Yoshida Brewery uh, mm-hmm. in Japan. And they make Saki. For six months at a time. Right. A bunch of dudes hang out. They like live there. They live there for six months away from their families, Mm -hmm. making sake 
like in the freezing cold. It, but the traditional way. The traditional way. Uh, oh, okay. So remember when we were talking about the very warm room mm-hmm. where they they put it's the, like a sauna. They they put the mold mm-hmm. uh, onto the rice. And it it starts to grow on the rice, and it starts creating sugars from the starches. Right. Well, when they brew it, they brew it at very cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. I believe, like what we in, like as brewers would call like lagering temperatures. So right. we're talking about, like just at, like basically at freezing, like mm-hmm. like thirty to thirty four degrees, right? Uh, Fahrenheit that is. Mm. I don't. Uh, I guess that would be what like zero. I think Celsius, because so. yeah. zero is freezing. Mm-hmm. So zero to two degrees Celsius. That's usually like so. It's very cold in the brewing in the brewing room. Mm-hmm. So they brew it for six months out of the year, and I guess they just leave the doors open. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the, in a cold room. The traditional season, I think, is the end of the year, like the winter. They months. start in like October. Right, right. So it's those winter months, the cold months, that they're doing most of the brewing, at least. I'm not saying all, but the smaller, more traditional ones, that's when they do their brewing. Right. So, and, and the reason for that is because it's cold and mm-hmm. you can you can keep your... Temperature as an advantage. Right. Yeah. Right. You can keep it cold while it's fermenting. Well, you did, you watched the the movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I thought it was great. I mean, it's... it's, it's it was very artistic. Uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. The... the the camaraderie of all the the brewers hanging mm-hmm. out together. I did not know that I was going to see old men's asses. Oh, come that on! That was a bit of a surprise when they all jumped into <laughs> like a like a bathtub together. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, Thanks for warning me about that one, Joe. Well, come on, I need to give you some surprises. There were seriously three old men's Japanese asses in in that <laughs> oh in that tub sitting there that yeah. I didn't know about. So I'm warning you: the birth of sake, very good uh, documentary. Uh, three old men's asses. So some nudity involved. Is that like two thumbs up? Three old men's asses? But, uh, no. Is it your rating? I'm not sure exactly. I I, I, I guess. I don't know. I, I liked the, of course, the cinematography. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, I don't know, it made you feel like, oh, it's, it's a great thing. It's so traditional and interesting. Right. It's the whole process. Yeah, I really think that watching it, they, they explain what is going on with sake and how it's brewed very well. Mm-hmm. So if you have a chance, I would say definitely, definitely watch The Birth of Sake. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really liked it. Uh, I did not like the three old men's acid, but, you know. <laughs> three old is, men acids? The three, that's the sake talking, Joe. <laughs> I've had quite a bit of sake at this point. <laughs> Kampai. Kampai. Mm. Why is it chunky? Oh, it's so grainy. I kind of wish they would have filtered this, to be completely honest with you. The flavor isn't bad. It's just how, like, uh, it's like eating a pear. And what? It's, oh, the graininess yeah. of the pear. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like, it's so. like it feels like that should not, like, in a fruit, mm-hmm. it shouldn't mm-hmm. have that. Like, I love pears. Mm-hmm. But when you eat them and you get, the, like, the grittiness, you're mm-hmm. like, why is it gritty? No, this, you know. The fruit, fruit shouldn't be gritty. I'm the same way with a drink. I no. feel like I'm drinking, um. Like Metamucil. <laughs> it reminds me of when you go to make coffee and then you let your coffee sit on the on the counter. Mm-hmm. And if you use non-dairy creamer, the powdered stuff. Yeah. And you pour it into cold coffee. It just sits there. It just kind of. And it's chunky <laughs> and it doesn't actually dissolve. Yeah. It's similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
or a pair. Same thing. Or a pair. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's sake in a husk in a nutshell. Sure. In a edamame shell. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you, Curiosos, for hanging out and uh, enjoying some sake with us. All right. So if you're going to do sake bombs, uh, shoot us an email. We'll join you for some sake bombs. Iritakamasu. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of thecurioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. That is way more yellow than I'm used to. It's just weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, anytime you're... Your bodily fluids change color. You're, you can kind of be... Uh, like, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Okay. I think you're going into Fraggle Rock oh, for a minute there. <laughs> sorry. I don't even know where I was going. I was a little Jackson 5 Down in Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Oh, that just makes me want to eat the doozers' little constructs. Yeah, little sugar sticks. Yeah, man, yeah. those are good. <laughs> Except for they'll give you diabetes. <laughs> or the runs. Oh, God. Stupid waggles. Oh. Oh. Yeah.